All right. G'day, everybody. How are we this morning? Awesome. Awesome. I just broke some traditions, I think. Do you preach from down here, Andrew? I don't know. And if I've just, <laughs> if I've just made it really difficult for the sound guys, sorry. I apologise to you guys as well. And, uh, look, one of the things that... Uh, I'm in an 1881 building. Big spired church in the middle of town with the green spire. It actually leans slightly to the west, which is a bit like us sometimes. <laughs> I can't even go further on that one. But hey, um, if we're, anything's going to have it, anybody's going to have a traditional church, it's us. Because we've got an 1881 building. And we get all sorts of people walk in to our church service on a Sunday morning expecting certain things <laughs> because of what they see on the outside. You know what? That happens with us all the time too as people. People expect certain things because of what they see, but I want to encourage you to make sure that what they can't see is more important than what they can see. Yeah, all right? So I'm going to ask you to actually do something really different. We're going to stand and we just sing, I love you. Yeah. If you, you guys can put that up again. I just love that chorus. I just learned that chorus. So where I sing out a tune, you sing in tune. That'll, that'll, live, that'll make it work. Ben might want to actually lead us in that because that'll make it even more tuneful. So <laughs> thanks, Ben. Why don't you lift your hands if you're free to do that this morning? Break tradition. You know, I just took the pulpit off the pulpit. You know, break some traditions this morning. If you want to express yourself that way this morning, you know, as Christians, we are free to do that. We're free to worship God. This is better than football. Okay? It's better than anything that the earth can give because this is a heavenly thing. This is a heavenly practice. Okay? Come on, let's sing it, Ben. And I will love you, Lord, my strength. Come on. And I will love you, Lord, my shield. And I will love you, Lord, my rock. Forever, all my days, I will love you. Come on, let's sing it out this morning. I will love you. And I will love you, Lord, my strength. And I will love you, Lord, my shield. And I will love you, Lord, my rock. Forever all my days, I will love you, God. Sometimes in our lives, we need to take the first step to break things in our lives. All right? Sometimes we can hold on to things. Sometimes we can be dealing with things. But to get a breakthrough in those things, we have to do something out of our ordinary or out of our normal tradition. See, we set our own traditions. Anybody like that? I'm like that all the time. I'm a bit OCD. All right? Grab a seat. I'm so OCD sometimes. My wife, she, can, she knows exactly what I'm going to do next or how I like to have things because I'm a bit OCD. To break that, you've got to break it. Nobody else is going to break it for you. God is drawing us to a place where human tradition cannot get in the way of our spiritual life in Him. But you actually need to take a step forward out of. And you know, the best thing about that is we've always got something to step into because we've got Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? So I want to talk this morning, I'm going to talk about inside, outside, upside. Inside, outside, upside. Okay, everybody got that? Yeah. I know in uh, 
BCF, I tell everybody to get their phones out. Now is the time to use your phone. All right? If you've got a Bible on your phone, use your phone. If you take notes and you've got a phone, use your phone. We do not have a known phone policy, but we do have a please put it on silent policy. <laughs> we don't want jingle bells during the middle of the service unless it's Christmas. Okay? Or if you feel like driving along in the car with jingle bells, that's fine too. But we do encourage as many as possible to, you know, check up on the Bible to make sure that what I'm saying is from the Word of God. I think that's always good. Who has a bunch of keys with them today? Anybody got a bunch of keys? Can you grab your keys out? (laughs) Grab your bunch of keys out for me. It's not a gimmick. It's okay. (laughs) I don't want your car. We're just going to hand the bag around right now. (laughs) I actually was at a conference once and uh, that, the, the people who were leading the concert had to get up on the stage and just say, did somebody accidentally drop their car keys in the offering bag? <laughs> because they, they decided that they wanted to donate their car, but um, that was so unusual. That I'm not asking, how many keys you got on your key ring? Have a look, count them for me. How many you got on your key ring? Who's got more, more than three keys on their key ring? Put your hand up really high. It's all right, because you can put your hands up in church. Or in church service, as it is. All right, who's got more than five? Keep your hand up nice and high. Okay, who's got more than eight keys on their key ring? We're narrowing it down slowly. That's one, two. (laughs) You can't add two sets, I'm sorry. All right, who's got, how many have you got? Ten? Fourteen. Let's give this man a clap this morning. Fourteen keys. So you have a really strong belt, I'm assuming, just to hold those keys up. 14 keys. Well, I'm not going to speak on 14 keys to the kingdom this morning. (laughs) But I am going to speak on three. (laughs) Hey, look, you might laugh. We had a guest speaker once many, many years ago. I was just fairly new to the church at Ballarat Christian Fellowship. And the guy spoke for 45 minutes, which isn't that long, is it? And then he said, now that's my introduction. And I kid you not, he went for another hour and a half and he had 16 points. And at the end he did an altar call for, uh, I think it was, um, now let me see by memory, it was to do with some charity he ran in India and he had nothing to do with the sermon and asked people if they wanted to support children if they'd come forward and a whole bunch of people came forward at the end of the message. So you know what, even if I preach about Humpty Dumpty this morning, God can use it. All right? It's true. Have your heart open. All right, here we go. I believe there are three spaces that are important for us as Christians. Three spaces that are very important for us as Christians. They are the house, the field, and the home. Now, I'm not a particularly complicated guy, so I like to tie things down like this. I like to put them into really clear, easy-to-understand I'm not a dynamic preacher, I just preach. I've got to rely on the Holy Spirit, We've, we all do. I try to find the simplest way of how to fit things in so that my mind will understand it. So if, you're, if you've got your Bibles, I wonder if you come with me to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. I love these verses. Just love these verses. I hope you do too. Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. 
I'm reading from the NIV for those who are interested in exactly what version I'm reading from. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Who's the they? The Christians, the believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. We do it once a week for a couple of hours. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. By the way, Christianity back then was just a a sect. Um, It hadn't yet become... It was just a section of Judaism, if you like. It hadn't yet become uh, persecuted. And so they could meet together in the temple without persecution at that time. So they continued to meet in, in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, within this context here, within this description, there is a space that is important for every Christian, I call it the inside space. Okay? The inside space. What's the inside space? It's the house. You know, Andrew actually uses similar terminology to what we do um, over at BCF regarding getting together. Where does your family meet? My family meets in the house. All five of my children are still at home. I've got a 20-year-old and an 18-year-old and a 17-year-old and a 16-year-old and an 11-year-old and we all meet in the house. A couple of those have got jobs, some are at school, but every day we meet in the house. It's our inside space. It's so vital. And I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir because you're here, so it's obvious that you're here and you're in the house, but we're the family of God, aren't we? If we're the family of God, we've got to keep meeting together. I don't know how well you can know the family if you hardly ever see the family. I know that happens when family eventually moves away and has a job in another area, but while they've got a job in the same town, I want my family with me. I want my family around me. I love having my family around me. I love it when my family is around me and they bring other families around us too. Sometimes our house is chockers. It's a good Aussie word. Chockers. Come on. Sometimes our house is chockers. I want the house to be chockers. This house needs to be chockers. The family needs to be in the house on a regular basis. Somebody told me, in fact, it might have even been a pastor's network thingy, lunch thing or something. Somebody said that the new regular is once every three weeks. Get along to church service once every three weeks. Get along to the house once every three weeks. I don't call this church. This is not a church. Okay? People ask you what you do on the weekend. Don't say you go to church. Because this is not a church. This is a building. It's got walls. It's quite a nice building, by the way. It's got softer chairs and seats than we do. But none of those make up the church. The church is who? It's us. It's the family of God. So when people say they're going to church on Sunday, I say, I'm going to go and meet with the church on Sunday. I'm getting into the house with the church because we want to worship the head of the church. And he's here with us this morning. Amen? It's a good thing. See, the inside space, the house, it's about meeting together. I, I keep saying from our pulpit, we are not going to accept a culture that says the family gets together once every three weeks. 
Because if you want to know, that means about 17 times a year the family sees each other. And we live in the same town. It's not like the church lives in Darwin. I mean, a part of the church does universal. But as far as your local church does, the Darwin church is not my local church. The Melbourne church is not my local church. My local church is the people who gather with me in the house. And we are committed to one another and committed together. And that is essential for us as Christians. The inside space is so essential for us as Christians. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's lots of strange stuff going on in our community right now. More than ever, we need to be together in the house, in the inside space. Hey, you know what? Just because I enjoy the inside space, isn't the inside space comfortable? I'm worshipping here with my wife this morning and I was comfortable because I'm amongst those who think like I do, believe like I do, act like I do. Well, you probably don't act exactly like I do because I, can, I cannot dance. You may be able to dance. <laughs> but the bottom line is I was comfortable. I was comfortable to raise my hands. I was comfortable to worship. I was comfortable with the free worship. I was comfortable in the act of worship, if you like, the music and song part. Why? Because I'm in the house with the family. And you guys might be my cousins because my house over there, that's where my immediate family is. But I was with the cousins. And I enjoyed being with the cousins this morning. You know, have you ever noticed your cousins are always a bit strange? (laughs) (laughs) You guys are the normal ones. We're the strange ones, just saying. (laughs) But you know what? Just because I'm comfortable in the inside space, the temptation is to make it my main space. My only space, my comfortable space. And when we get comfortable in a space, we like to stay there, don't we? I've, um, I've got a couch at home that I love to be on. I've got a fav- Anybody else got a favourite chair or a favourite couch? Mm-hmm. Three people? Okay. <laughs> it's true. Um, look, I'm from Pentecostal Church and uh, I get people who are saying stuff like, Crank it! And I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but, you know, they're excited as long as they're excited. Because you know, that keeps everybody else awake when I'm preaching, so that works really well too. But if you want to respond this morning, feel free to do so because that will help me a lot. It's easy to get comfortable in a space you enjoy. Jesus said, John chapter 4, verses 34 and 35. John 4, 34 and 34. 34 and 35, he says, My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, says Jesus, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. I've got this favourite couch I sit on in my back room. It's our action room. It's an action room because the moment it is tidy and clean, stuff comes into it like the washing and goes all over the couches for sorting. And there are seven of us in the house. Okay, So there's a lot of sorting to go on. Okay, It's my action room, but it's also where I do things like if I'm working at home, I work from this couch because I'm comfortable there. I could set myself up on a cold day. I'll have sticking a doona over myself and working on my computer. But you know what? My view is straight out my back window. And outside my back window in the backyard, and we've all got backyards of some sort, there's this lemon tree. And it is covered in lemons right now. 
Like I'm talking, this is the most fruitful tree I've ever seen. And all I do to it is hack at it once a year. Seriously, I, I am the gardener's um, enemy, if you like. I potter about in the garden to see what I can kill next. <laughs> but it keeps growing. So many lemons. It's fantastic. And I was looking out there when I was preparing this message. You know what? Covered in lemons. Nobody has harvested those lemons. Now, if they don't get harvested, what are they going to do? They will fall to the ground. They will be eaten by the possums or something that pecks away at them like a bird. I don't know whether birds like lemons, to be honest. I don't sit there watching to see if they eat the lemons. You like lemons? <laughs> but they're going to fall to the ground and they are not going to be harvested. They're going to go to rot. Now, Jesus says that his only real food is to do the will of him who sent me. And then he goes, and look what's got to be done. He says, there's a harvest sitting there waiting and there is ripe fruit right now. It's a season of ripe fruit. Who's going to harvest the fruit? You see, because my backyard isn't necessarily my most comfortable space, but it is my outside space. Because I have an inside space and I have an outside space. And as Christians, we do not want to get caught up in only being on the inside space. We get into the inside space so that we can get into the outside space. This is where we get into... I don't know about you. I was encouraged worshipping this morning. I don't even need the word of God yet. I was just encouraged. The inside space is meant to launch us into the outside space. There is no way we can get into the habit or the pattern of thinking that this is church and this is where church happens full stop. Because the church is the body of Christ and the body of Christ needs to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That's scriptural. So I need to get out pretty soon and harvest the lemon tree. Because otherwise that food, that harvest is going to rot. It's sitting there waiting. See, we look at the world and we think, Oh, doom and gloom. No, I'm doing that with my hands, but anyway. (laughs) It just happens. (laughs) We do. We sit, isn't the world in a terrible state? Isn't the world in a terrible place? Come on, who thinks that right now? That's not a bad thing. It is actually in a terrible state, in a terrible place. (laughs) Yeah, trick question. You can get it right and wrong at the same time. You can only do that in God, by the way. (laughs) Hey, The bottom line is that we need to look at our world because we've been on the inside space and see it as the outside space where we need to be. Because the outside space needs Jesus. Doesn't the outside space need Jesus? On the inside space, we've got Jesus. We know all about Jesus. The outside space has no idea except what they want to throw at you in regards to Jesus. And usually what they throw at you is misinformed, and not helpful. That's a good word for it. Didn't want to be too derogatory towards anybody. So I have an outside space. I've intentionalised my outside space. Remember I said I'm a bit OCD. I like to intentionalise. So my outside space is cafes. I've worked out that I can go into cafes and I find them a really good outside space. Where's your outside space? Are there any sporty people here? Don't put up your hand, but I wonder if there's any sporty people here. If you're playing sport on a regular basis, guess what? That is an outside space for you. Does anybody go to university? Don't put your hand up. Guess what university is? It's not 
the place where you get a career, although that happens on the way, it's actually your outside space. Thanks, Andrew. (laughs) 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 Hey, where's your outside space? Because it's where you normally are. What's your outside space? Work is an outside space. I tell you what, we go, I've got to go to work so I can get money so I can live, and that is true, but guess what? You've got to go to work because it's your outside space. If you're a student here, if you're still at high school or even primary school, guess where your outside space is? You're actually there more than you are in your inside space if your inside space is the house. We are in our outside space way more than our inside space. Because the outside space is where the work's got to be done. Every single one of us has outside spaces. Mine's cafes. I, was, I found that I was going to cafes and, look, to be really, really honest, and I'm probably talking about some of my own addictions here right now, <laughs> um, I can have 11 coffees a day and still go to sleep at 10 o'clock at night. I don't have 11 coffees every day. Sometimes, particularly on Wednesday, I organise all my meetings on a Wednesday. I try to organise where I meet people. And I try to make as many of those at cafes. So if I have a full day of catching up with people and just chatting with people and and just getting together with people, I have particularly one favourite cafe I go to. And I'll meet people. But I go there every other day of the working week. I go to this same cafe Five days a week. I've just started going to another one because another one that I was going to closed down. So I've just started going to another cafe. But I've decided that three times a week I'm going to go to one of these two cafes with the specific intention of making that my outside space. Because you know what? As a pastor, I can really get caught up into the inside space. Because there is some expectation from those in the house that the pastor of the house spends all his time looking after the house. I don't think that's actually true. In fact, I think the house should look after itself. Come on, preach it. That's a good word. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to go back up onto the stage. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The Lord didn't tell me you were going to say that. (laughs) When I was preparing this, man. I've had some awesome conversations in my outside space. In fact, one of the girls that works at one of the outside spaces, within a day of her starting there, I'd shared the entire gospel with her. Because she asked me where I worked. Oh, where do you work? I said, hey, so look out the window. If you just bend down, look out the window. See that big green spire up there? I work for Ballarat Christian Fellowship. I'm the pastor. Oh. Oh. So is Jesus a God? Seriously, that's her opening question. So is Jesus a God? I'm like, the door is open. And I'm coming in to tell you the gospel. You know, I'm like, I'm... I was sitting at a bench and it's too high. I was just really glad I was holding on to the bench because I would have fallen off. I'm like, nobody has ever gone. So is Jesus a God to a pastor? Not, not outside the house anyway. Usually when you say, oh yeah, I'm pastor, they go, oh, and the weather's amazing today. Did you see the cricket? Oh, here's the best one. 
Here's the best one as a pastor. You say, oh, yeah, I'm pastor of the church. They go, oh, I haven't been lately because of this and this and this and this and this. I'm like, I didn't ask. I really didn't ask. But they tell you why they haven't. Like, they haven't been since they were seven years old with their grandma. But they still want to tell you why. I'm serious. I'm not making, I know I'm making light of it, but people still have this understanding of our God. And a lot of people in our generation still, because I'm 50, so our generation, still had some sort of upbringing in a church space of some sort, yeah. in the inside space. All right? So there's still lots out there that have sort of had... Some of them have even made decisions to follow Jesus Christ as a seven-year-old. And they'll tell you about children's church. They can even remember the name of their children's church leader or Sunday school leader. They could tell you. They can tell you Bible stories even. But the moment you mention you're a pastor, it's, this is why I haven't been. But oh boy, oh boy, I've had some great, great conversations in my outside space. You know, we need to be really intentional about our outside spaces, not just be there. Be intentional. Look to see what God is doing in people's lives. Yeah. You show, so, so my number one thing that I do is not try to share the gospel with somebody every day. Because often, people aren't there yet. But I go to the same cafes and I see the same people. And guess what? I'm getting to know those people. And some of them I've been able to share the gospel with. Even the owner of one of the cafes, he says to me, so what sort of clientele do you get at the church? I say, well, only the ones with lots of money. I didn't say that. He's got lots of money. He doesn't need to know that. He literally, that's, that was his opening question. Okay. What sort of clientele do you get? I'm like, so you haven't been to church much, have you? To church service. He doesn't understand what church is in our context or what the house is, what the inside space is. He's in the outside space. He's always lived in the outside space. And you know what? He's not going to come into the inside space just because I'm there. My preaching on a Sunday will not get people into the inside space. Our inside space is totally irrelevant to the life they live in as far as they know. And the only way that people will end up on the inside space is if those in the inside space go to the outside space and bring them into the inside space. And you don't bring them inside to the inside space by meeting them and going, you should come to church with me on Sunday. Why don't you invite them to Jesus before you invite them to the church? Our mission statement... Mission's something you're always on and you never fully achieve it because there's always more mission. Our mission statement is that we will impact the world by connecting people to Jesus and to the church. Yeah. Connecting to Jesus is the most important part. Yeah. And you know what? We tell everybody that they're a minister. We don't call everybody pastor. That's a role or a function. We tell everybody they're a minister. Every one of us is a minister according to the Great Commission that says that we should, as believers, as disciples, go into all the world. And Jesus actually says, I'm there with you. I'm not back at the house waiting to see what comes in. I'm there with you. Jesus wants us to get out of the inn so that we're out with those who aren't in. Are you with me? 
The inside space can be comfortable and too comfortable. The temptation can be to stay on the inside space or invite people to our inside space because we're comfortable there. Let me tell you, if they come to the inside space, they will not be comfortable because we're a bunch of weirdos. (laughs) We believe in a God that we cannot see by faith. We believe that we are saved by faith because of grace. People don't even understand. What is grace? They're like, oh, some old people say it before their meal. I know that sounds a bit tongue-in-cheek, but it's actually true. A lot of Christian families today with children don't say grace. Don't worry about the ones outside the church. We need to get into the outside space. The inside space should always draw you to the outside space. The inside space should always draw you to the outside space. I have no idea what the time is. So if I go 45 minutes over, that'll be my introduction. <laughs> and, uh, we're, all good. we're all good. There's a third space, by the way. There's the inside, the outside, and the upside. The space we live out of determines the spaces we live in. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says that God raised us up or Jesus raised us up and seated us together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is not where we're trying to get to. That is where we live from. Can you hear me? We're not trying to get to heaven. Trying to get to heaven is religion. Christianity is not a religion. We are not trying to get to heaven. God has made a way and he has raised us up and seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. This is what we have This is our position. This is where we are seated with Christ. In fact, the Bible says we are co-heirs with him. How good is that? This is our place. This is our position. This is where we are. Now, this is not always how we feel. Who knows that position and state can sometimes disagree? Because if you look around at the person next to you, they're seated on cushioned seateds, not in heavenly places. Can you see that? But sometimes we only live according to where we're seated on earth. But where we live out of determines where we live in. If you're living out of heaven, it determines your perspective on where you're living on earth. It determines your perspective on the inside space and the outside space because you have an upside space. There's an inside and an outside and an upside. Let me give you a very personal example. I've got five children. I've given birth... Well, I haven't given birth to six, but... (laughs) My wife gave birth to six. It was very painful for me. I remember one of our children... How many days were you in labour for? Long, 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 long time. About three days, something like that. Long hours. And I came off night shift and into the birthing room. So I hadn't slept. And literally, 
for a couple of days between contractions, I would wake up at contraction time and go back to sleep. And my wife would start another contraction, I'd wake up like I was the dutiful husband that I was trying to be. (laughs) And then as soon as that contraction... And then it all slowed down and nothing had happened. And I was a zombie already. I'm like, can this baby just come already? So just we seem to have a lot of issues with birth along the way. But one of our children died midterm. And my wife had to have a natural birth to deliver that child. And uh, we were able to name him and bury him and do all those things to help give us a bit of closure in the midst of our grief. You know what? I had to get up and preach the next day. And the only way I did that is because I was living from the upside. It's the only way I could do that. It gave me a perspective, you see, because I realised after about three or four weeks in this place of grief that I would wake up every morning and there was still this joy in my heart. And I'm like, I don't even want that right now. I would wake up singing choruses in my heart. You know how sometimes you just there's a, there's a song in your heart and you don't even know why it's there, but it's there. And I would wake up and I was literally kind of trying to tell God that I didn't really want to be that joyful. But I had a joy in my heart because I had in good times, and my wife and I had in good times, put into practice living from the upside. So that it was our normal practice to live from the upside even when... The inside and the outside didn't feel too good. And I didn't want to be on the inside, that is, at the house. And I certainly didn't want to go to the outside and share my life with them. I just wanted to be on my couch, to be honest. I didn't want to go to work. I didn't want to do anything. It was a tough time for us. I hadn't experienced a lot of loss. The only loss I'd really had at that time was one grandpa who'd passed away. My wife's dad had passed away. But apart from that, We hadn't experienced a lot of loss. This was personal. Personal loss. If I didn't have an upside, I don't know where I'd have been in the inside and the outside. But we had set in our lives the habit of living from the upside. And when you live from the upside, it determines how you live in the inside and the outside. It determines your perspective on the inside and the outside. Both those spaces must be submitted to the upside. To the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You know we go through seasons as Christians. Have you ever noticed that? It's funny how Ben, where are you mate? Talking about stuff this morning as you worshipped and my wife had been talking about the same thing to me and you know when I look out the backyard I not only see lemons on the tree that's a harvest there there are some trees that are still only budding there are other areas where I can see that there's some weeding needs to be done definitely needs to be done because spring's right here and if I don't do it soon it's going to be overflowing with weeds there's other areas that are still barren in my garden because in, in wintertime, I must admit, I don't really go out in the garden much because I get wet. Our lives are a bit like that. There are areas in our lives, seasons in our lives that we go through. If we're not living from the upside, we're going to struggle. And if you're struggling today, the key for you will not be the latest mind over matter 
speaker on YouTube. The latest self-talk guru is not the key for you. The key for you is learning to live from the upside. Because it gives you an upside perspective. It doesn't mean that it necessarily is easier all of a sudden. Okay? Because inside and outside can be difficult. But it gives you a new perspective to live out of. Where we live out of determines how we live and our perspective on where we live on the inside and the outside. So I've got some gardening to do and I tell you, the truth is that none of us have this down pat 100%. I still get earthly perspective on things. And it happens a lot easier than I want it to. Hashtag real church. If we're being real about our faith, sometimes we slip into earthly perspective really, really easily, even inside. Even in regards to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Am I right? Sometimes we have some strange attitudes about those other people on the inside. Our family, because our family's weird. Our family does strange things. I've got two brothers and they're completely different to me. Completely. One is incredibly eccentric. (laughs) My other brother is... He's not a bogan, but he's that sort of... <coughs> like, he's, he's kind of more down that... that and I, I'm kind of Mr. Ordinary in the middle somewhere. We are so different. I remember one day sitting watching the cricket with my family. And I love watching the cricket. I can get caught up in that for hours. Test match cricket, love it. Love it to pieces. Just I can sit there for... If, if I had the time, I would sit there for a five-day test, test match and watch all five days. And I would pray that it lasted for five days and didn't finish early. I love cricket that much. I remember sitting down with my family once, and I love the commentary because the commentators, they know cricket. Okay? They, they really know cricket. So I love listening. Well, my whole family was commentating that day. Every single ball had three or four comments around that one ball. And I'm like, guys, I want to hear the commentators. <coughs> but you know what? I had to watch my attitude. Because I wasn't there to determine the commentary. I was there just to love my brothers, love my dad, to have an upside perspective on my own family. You know, it's like that for us. We're not here to tell others how to live their Christian life. Let Pastor Andrew do that. <laughs> oh, look, as a, a, the truth is that sometimes as a pastor you do need to confront people because loving somebody doesn't mean we give license to destructive or abusive behaviours. Accepting someone doesn't mean we agree with their opinion. Forgiving someone doesn't mean we have to forget immediately the hurts. God's the only one with the greatest forgettery on earth. In fact, if I said to you, has somebody ever hurt you about something, you remembered it just now. Some of you remembered it straight away. It's hard to forget. And sometimes in certain situations, you don't go and put yourself back into a situation. You don't forget that ever happened. You make sure you protect yourself. But you know what? We're not here to judge our brothers and sisters. We love them. We tell them the truth in love. Watch how you do that, by the way. But we sure can get a a really poor attitude towards somebody in our own local church. 
And that's not living from the upside. So whoever you have the most problem with in Mount Clear Church of Christ as a group of believers right now, that's the very person God is wanting to use to help you live from the upside. (laughs) Ah, no. Not another pastor saying, I'll tell you what, I don't know. I can leave and say this. (laughs) Pastor Andrew has to be here the rest of the time. But it's true. And if we can't practice living from the upside when we're on the inside, how are we ever going to do it on the outside? This is the place to practice. This really is. This is like the locker room. This is where the game plan is formulated. This is where we get to practice together. And then we go out on the field to the outside. But it's all determined by the upside. So we have three spaces. Real easy. The inside, the outside, and the upside. The challenge is how are we living on the inside? How are we living on the outside? And are we living from the upside? So I'm just going to ask our band to come up and play for us. I want to kind of present a challenge to you today because I've been a pastor just long enough to know that when God gives me a word around something specifically for a particular part of his church, there's a reason. It's likely in with those prophetic words this morning, whatever you want to call them, that I don't believe God gives them to Leanne unless he already got to the place before us and then wanted to bring that to the surface because he wants to love on somebody around that area of their life. And God wants to love on you around the inside and the outside and the upside this morning. So I'm going to ask if everybody will stand up. I don't want to do this religiously. I want to encourage you this morning to do this out of response to the Spirit of God. If this morning you're one of those people you've been living either on the inside or the outside, not according to the upside, why don't you transact with God around that this morning? Where you've been judging a brother or sister in Christ where you've held a grudge against somebody in your own local church where you've had a bad attitude towards somebody on the inside it's time to transact with God around that from the upside Ask for God to help you live out of heavenly places in regards to that person. I want to encourage you right now, if that's you, to pray right now for that person. Not go and pray for them because they don't know that you've got a problem with them. All right? It's your problem, not theirs. Right now, why don't you just take a moment with God? The other challenge this morning is if You've got comfortable on the inside. I believe God wants to thrust you out to the outside. Because you've already got an outside, but you've been comfortable with the inside. But he wants you mainly operating in the outside. Where's your outside space? If 
you're not sure, ask God to identify for you right now, what's my outside space? Maybe it's your workplace and all this time you've just seen it as your place of profession. Well, that's true, but your vocation is disciple of Jesus Christ to the outside space. Why don't you begin to ask God for the opportunity in the outside space? Ask God to help you reflect the upside in the outside. Father, we just pray this morning that we would live out of heavenly places. That we would not be content with just being on the inside once a week with the house. That we would not be consent, content at looking the outside with earthly eyes, but that we would have heavenly perspective on our inside and our outside spaces. Verse 14 talks about being the light of the world and a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. You know, when we get together as a church family, we're like that city on a hilltop with the big walls around the outside. The temptation is to close the gate and stay inside together and protect ourselves from this awful world we live in. But Jesus wants the gates to be flung wide open and the light to shine out of the gate. The people of God who are the light of the world to shine out into the darkest places of the earth into the outside from the inside living from the outside amen amen that's our vision that's our call that is our day-to-day -day life and we live that and we can live that every single day with purpose and with intentionality as we love on God amen